Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. I think there's something really profound about seeing your life reflected back in books. There's like something that just makes, I think, us as as memory keepers more conscious of the passage of time. And it really makes me think about my life in a, in a, I think, in a more profound way than I would if I was just living it and not documenting it. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 186. In this episode, I'm interviewing Emily Stebbins for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Emily as the September feature artist at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Emily, welcome to Scrapbook Your Way. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a big fan. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. That makes me so happy. That really makes my day. I'm looking forward to our conversation today, but can you kick things off and share a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name is Emily Stebbins, and I live in Oregon with my husband and my two cats, and I work as a lawyer and just a big scrapbooking nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you have to tell me about your cats because I have I just got two cats last November, so they're <gasps> almost a year old, and it's just been so fun. Oh my goodness, what kind of cats do you have? I one is a black Norwegian forest cat, and so oh. she's like super floofy, and her oh sibling is an orange tabby. So her name is Hermione, and his name is Ron. Those are great names. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I have two gray cats. They're I guess. Torbies, so they're like a tabby and a tortoiseshell cross, uh-huh. <laughs> and they are 13 years old. So I got them in college, and they just start going strong. <laughs> they're so sweet. <laughs> oh, I see pictures here from your December daily last year. <laughs> they feature prominently in my scrapbooking. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We're thinking about getting some Halloween costumes for our cats this year. So I think, uh, I think it might feature it. in my scrapbooking as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that. <laughs> All right, Emily, what's exciting you right now in memory keeping? It could be anything at all, um, and it could even be more than one thing. <laughs> so one thing that I recently discovered and is the app Procreate on my iPad. I recently got an iPad and downloaded Procreate, and it just has 
opened a whole new world of digitals for my scrapbooking. I have been loving just kind of creating some scripty words and doodles and just like doodling right on my photos. And some of those digitals I have up available just for free through my Instagram. I link to my Dropbox. But I just have been loving the ability to just sort of create my own cursive words and just throw them right in my layouts. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's super fun. Now, how how do you bridge the gap between the iPad and then like making that into physical form? Do you send it to your computer? Do you print right from your iPad? How does that work? Yeah. So usually what I'll do is export it as a PNG file um, so that it doesn't have a background. So you don't have to like erase the background in Cricut or anything. And then I'll just airdrop it to my my laptop and then I'll either print it out or send it to my Cricut, just upload it into Cricut Design Space or just drop it right into Photoshop too. Very cool. I just recently learned about airdropping. So I've had Mac computers for a while and I've also had iPhones over the years, but I actually didn't have both at the same time for a number of years. Um. And then so I do right now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been missing out because it's so easy to get a file from place to place. It's so great not having to like email it to yourself or... (laughs) Or put it in Dropbox or like, yeah, do something where it's multiple steps. Yes. Particularly for social media. I find that it's so handy to do something on my computer and then just send it to my phone. So 100%. I'm kind of new to that world too, because I just got a Mac. I had a PC that was super old forever, but Photoshop Mm -hmm. just works so much better on a Mac. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So Emily, what's on your memory keeping bucket list? We love to ask this of our guests because we all have stories that maybe feel really important to capture, but for some reason or another, we haven't done it yet. Oh, this is such a great question. So I've had this idea for a long time that I just have never been organized enough to pull off, but I have this idea of doing like capturing a photo or a moment at the same time of day over a longer period of time. So like Mm -hmm. what would 3 p.m. look like on, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or like what would a moment on like June 1st, July 1st, August 1st, and kind of do this like longitudinal study of my own life. And I, the idea just remains in my head and I just have never done it. So I've always wanted to do that, like of a tree outside and just like see it through the seasons. Oh, that's a really good idea. Seeing like the, the fall leaves, the spring buds, yeah, I think and like like and like taking the still photo every day and then like making it into a video, I think would be really cool. Oh, it's like those baby bump, you know, videos that people do. Oh yes, that is such a great idea. Okay, well if you do it, please tag me. So, <laughs> well, yeah, no, but I think even if you do that in the same place in your home every day, like you know, yeah. maybe like in vicinity of where like your cats eat, or you know, yes. just something where there's always people passing through. Then it could be really interesting. I think it would be really fun because I I love just kind of seeing those little subtle changes that you don't notice or think to make like a broader story about. Like Mm -hmm. even if you just happen to catch like your fridge and you see different save the dates or something that was, you know, little things that you may not think to, to otherwise capture, but they could be in the background or yeah, I just I love seeing changes over time. Yeah. Now I've thought about this before. It's like, would you leave like a tripod set up? Oh, see, that's a great idea. And then it would remind you to do it. It would keep you Mm -hmm. on, (laughs) keep you on the, on the project. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. And then you have the same sort of frame each time too. Yeah. 
just trying to think about it. Like if I have like an older camera I'm not using, which we all have probably too much digital equipment. Yes. Like just leave it set up there every day. Or like even an old phone. That, yeah. Something like that. So yeah, okay. so many ideas. This is helping inspire me to actually maybe pull this <laughs> up. And then actually I had this other idea too that if it's okay if I share another one. Yeah. So I have had this idea for a long time too. Well, maybe not a long time, but I love how – photo books look like some Mm -hmm. of my friends get them and there's some people I follow who you know do digital scrapbooking and print their photo books and I have had this idea to create a photo book like either in chat books or like artifact uprising or one of those like nice photo book companies and then actually do the physical embellishing like once the book is bound and printed because Mm -hmm. I, I love the idea of a photo book but I also like sort of dimension in my and so I thought it would be really fun and someday I will do it <laughs> maybe for like a trip or something to like kind of mix those two worlds of like photo books and physical scrapbooking. Oh, that's interesting. I've seen people like do handwritten journaling in photo books and then I've oh. seen like doing like titles like, you know, more with a not super puffy sticker like but just more of a, a flatter letter sticker. So you have some dimension, but not so much that it's going to like be awkward in the, yes. the binding of the book and all that. So. <laughs> right. That it wouldn't compromise like the ability to close it. But mm-hmm. yeah, and you could still like stamp in it and. Ooh, that could yeah. be really cool. I think it could be kind of fun. But again, <laughs> I haven't done it yet. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe start like small, like literally like physically small too and just small scope, less important story too. Yeah, I was thinking maybe, yeah, for like a short trip or something where you have mm-hmm. a finite number of photos and that could yeah. be really fun, particularly like if you are coming home from the trip, you just like upload your photos that you have to to chatbooks or artifact uprising, whoever has an app, sends yes. it off. And then when it arrives, you can like do the rest of your documentation. Then you add your journaling and add embellishments and then the project's done. It's like almost doing yes. foundation pages. Yes, that's such a great point because sometimes when you come back from a trip, it can be overwhelming, like deciding which photos you're going to print, what are you going to yeah. print large or small. Yeah, totally. I think that could help you get over that that hurdle of making decisions. Yeah. Okay, so this is a My Way episode, and so we're going to dig even more into how you create. But before we get there, I'd like to give our listeners a little teaser about what makes you tick. Right now at Simple Scrapper, we're talking about projects. So what helps you finish your projects? So for me, what's really important is just having one book, one project at a time. If I have like my main – like right now I'm finishing my Week in the Life album, and I – just put all of my regular scrapbooking, I'm putting air quotes around that, (laughs) away. I don't have my main album out. It's on a shelf. I have just products out that are, could ostensibly be used in my Week in the Life project. And that really helps me focus because if I have my main album out, like my brain just goes a million directions and I'm like, oh, well, I could do my Tuesday from Week in the Life or I could mm-hmm. scrapbook about my birthday last year or, you know, whatever. So I think just keeping myself focused and having like limited access to projects or products and keeping my product, my project out <laughs> it really helps me keep working on it and finish it. So do you ever get bored and then kind of choose to put it away and get something else out? 
Sometimes, yes. So that happened to me last year when I was working on my December daily for the first time. I just kind of, uh, or not this past December daily, but 2020, I just wasn't finishing it. And I didn't kind of, I realized I was running out of creative energy. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this away for now, get my regular stuff back out. And then I came back to my December daily the next year and finished it in 2021. And that was great because my creative juices were kind of back, Mm -hmm. back to me. Because I think if if you are running out of creative energy and it's still there, it's going to become something that you're not excited about, at least for me. Then I'm like, I don't ever want it to be like a drudgery. You know, this is a fun hobby. And if I'm not feeling inspired, I don't hesitate to be like, you know what? I'm not going to finish this right now. I'm going to come back to it later when I'm feeling inspired. Yeah, I think it's really helpful to pay attention to how you're feeling. And if, you know, it's if you're having all the good vibes, it means you're going to keep touching it. You're going to keep working on it. But if you keep starting to feel like negative about it, then maybe it's time to put it away. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But I do think that sometimes we make these like rules for ourselves, Mm -hmm. like for no reason. You're like, oh, I have to finish this by, you know, the end of December or the end of this week in life or, um, you know, and we just like put these constrictors on ourselves that like are so silly when you think about it. But (laughs) so I try to be like conscious of that and try to break, break out of that. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. So Emily, how did you start in scrapbooking and how has your hobby evolved since that time? So my mother-in-law was the person who inspired me to start scrapbooking. She is incredible. She has six children, one of whom is my husband, and um, she has created baby books. That is what they call them. The scrapbooks, like one pretty much per year for all six kids. It's just really really amazing. And she worked as a teacher, like just mind-blowing amount of, of documentation. And contrasted with my own life, like my family didn't have a camera in the home. And so I really don't have, other than school photos, that's pretty much it for pictures of my childhood. I don't have like scrap, I mean, forget, I don't have scrapbooks. I don't really even have photos of myself as a little Mm -hmm. kid. And I just realized the value of that, seeing like, you know, every, not every moment, but all the big moments in my husband's life documented and, um, and just how I think that it really gives you such a sense of self as a kid. And, and I was, I was so happy he had that and realized that, you know, it's never too late. And I wanted to just start documenting my own life. <laughs> there may be a big gap, but, <laughs> but, um, so then I started scrapping. I came to it later though. I was just out of, law school, I was like 20, I don't know, in my early 20s when I started scrapbooking. So I, and I've just fallen, <laughs> fallen deep into this pro- this hobby. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, and I love that you brought that up because uh, we all aren't starting from the kind of the same playing field in terms of our history with photos and the amount of photos that we have from our past, but we all can start from this point forward. And there's yeah. other ways to document your stories without photos as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that I've wanted to do is like go back and and document some of those memories, even though there won't be an an accompanying photo. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that we can also like you can take new photos that represent something or that remind you of something or connect to that as well. Like, you know, I'm not I don't know where you grew up, but like even going back like, oh, this was like the house that I grew up in or where that house used to be and things like that. Oh, that is such that's a really good. I've never thought to do that. (laughs) That's a really, really good idea. Well, yeah, things like that, I think can be really helpful. And even our community is so supportive in terms of, 
you know, giving you additional ideas if you, I like to call them like surrogate photos. Like if you don't have the photo you want, what could you use instead? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a perfect name for it. (laughs) And you're so right. I love, I love just the inspiration from the community. I mean, that's, it just feels like we're all in this together. We all have each other's backs. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So what sizes or formats are you playing with these days? So I found 9 by 12 a couple of years ago, and I have been feeling very at home in that size for my sort of main album, where I keep most of my stories and most of my memories. I really like the 9 by 12. I think it was Crystal Yate that said a 9 by 12 just like fits well in your lap. <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. really, I really feel that because I, I do like to look at my books a lot. And because scrapbooking is kind of so big in, in my husband's family, people do end up looking at my books, which I love. And so I like them to be out and accessible. And I feel like the nine by 12 just like fits well into my life. (laughs) Yeah. I think in general, anything smaller than 12 by 12 is more accessible physically, (laughs) but that doesn't stop me from creating 12 by 12 pages, but I totally get you. And I wish, yeah, I, I think that's something that we all think about a lot is that People don't want to necessarily lug out the giant full 12 by 12 album, but even a full 9 by 12 is so much easier to handle. But a 12 by 12 will always have a special place in my heart. I mean, those are just, you have so much real estate. There's, I mean, it's nothing against the 12 by 12. I love 12 by 12. (laughs) So do you, you, do you create pretty much exclusively in that size? Are you doing smaller things? Pretty much. So I would say most of my, most of my documentation is in the nine by 12. And then, but from there, I'll kind of, I can cut like half pages. And so, mm-hmm. cause I work in a, in like a notebook, like a bound book. I, um, so I, one thing that I like to do is kind of like cut the pages in half. So I'll have like a four and a half by 12 or like a six by 12. So it's always 12 inches high, but I like to do kind of like some half pages too. That's really cool. So tell me more about the bound notebook. So I, it was, it was just kind of like the format that I learned because that's what my mother-in-law, she basically makes her own bound sewn books. I am not that cool. So I buy mine. I found this Etsy shop that will make like a bound book that will lay flat. And then, so when I make a layout, I'll either work directly in the book or I'll make a layout and then just adhere it into the book. Oh, this is awesome. If you don't think it'll be a problem, would you mind sharing a link to the Etsy shop that we can include in the show notes? Absolutely. I would love to. She's such a nice woman. Her name is Martha and she, her, the stuff that she has for sale in her shop may not be, if if it's not what you want, which I typically will ask her to make like a custom book and then she'll just Mm -hmm. send a picture of like whatever fabrics she has. And, um, and also it's important to make the custom book because she'll loosen the binding. So when you put in embellishments and photos and fill it up, um, it won't like, do that fan out thing where a book like won't shut. (laughs) Oh, that's such an awesome idea for, you know, we're talking about space and size like that. I'm sure that it's much narrower than a nine by 12 album would be. So yeah, it's, it's really nice. And it has just like a nice finish to it. It feels like you're reading like a, (laughs) I don't know. It feels like you're reading like a published book because it's just, it's Uh got like a nice binding to it. And I just have, I've really always liked to have the, I know like in terms of archival, it's probably better to work in page protectors, but this, I just have always liked the like tactile element of having like a raised page with, you know, paper and all the textures just like 
right in front of you. <laughs> well, and I love how you've kind of created a best of both worlds because I know that, and this includes myself, sometimes a creating directly in a bound book can be a little intimidating because like what if yeah. you mess it up and then you got to figure out how to cover it up. <laughs> but if you're creating layouts and then adhering them in, like in lieu of page protectors, that is... Yeah, as I said, best of both worlds, totally. <laughs> and it also can allow, like, you know, running things through the printer, uh, which I do a lot of, so. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so whose products are you completely obsessed with? What are you buying all the time? I just, Ali Edwards products just speak to me in a way that, <laughs> just in a different way. I love her products and how they're like so simple, but so intentional. Mm -hmm. And I love how they kind of call or invite like those sort of daily stories and get me to think about like little things that I wouldn't have otherwise thought of because I think without her her products and you know I know that there are other products that do this too but for me specifically like if if I were just left to my own devices like I would just be scrapbooking like events and trips like that would be my whole even though that doesn't look like my life at all it's not like I'm a huge traveler <laughs> but that's just like what I'm naturally drawn to want to scrapbook about but that's not what I want to like go back and look at you know I want to go back and look at the like nitty-gritty real life stories <laughs> and mm -hmm. I just I love how Allie's products like make that invite you to do that yes I love that idea of an invitation to to tell your stories, to uh, express things in a different way. So, yeah, yeah I absolutely. do too, of course. And I also really love Everyday Explorer Co.'s stamps. I discovered mm -hmm. them quasi-recently, and the digital stamps that, that she makes, just awesome. They're so versatile, and I just, like, I've been putting them on everything recently. <laughs> so when you're using the digital stamps, do you put them on your photos? Are you putting them in the background, on a card? How does that work for you? I love just putting them directly on my photos before I print them. Or one thing I did recently was, or I've done this a couple times, just extract the background in Cricut Design Space and then cut them out either on vinyl, which is a new thing that I've been doing that's been so fun. And then, you know, use transfer paper and then you can stick it directly on your layout or on your photo. Mm -hmm. That's oh, that's really cool. <laughs> so what is something that you use or do on most of your pages? You know, a lot of my pages have a big photo, <laughs> whether it's like a half page photo or a full page photo. I just, I, I think I just have realized that that's sort of my style. I love to have a big photo, even if it's of like something not that important. <laughs> I just really like to have big photos and I think I typically pair them with like some kind of like texture something like something raised or stapled some kind of embellishment I just really like I like a big photo and texture <laughs> mm, I like that combination too well I think you mentioned like photos being not important I think some of those more mundane uh, images are my favorite large photos because they your subject a is probably not moving yes. <laughs> b um you tend to probably compose it with more white space which makes it like gives opportunities for embellishment or journaling or whatever and yeah some of those are just my favorite and my husband's like why do you have this photo of a turtle and i'm like because the turtle is awesome um yeah yeah i get that it i get it that is so well said. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And having that big white space to put embellishments or your journaling, mm -hmm. it's just key. 
So one of the things I hear from scrapbookers a lot is it's hard to find and maintain the time and energy and motivation yeah. for scrapbooking. So when do you typically create? Yeah, you're, that's such a great question because I hear that a lot too, mostly in like my real world when I'm talking to people and like, oh yeah, I, I'm really into scrapbooking. And they're like, when do you have the time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my response to that is always like, you know, it's it's just what you choose is how you choose to spend your time. So for me, my weekday evenings are all scrapbooking. I mean, unless I have like some kind of meeting or something, but I, my routine is pretty much, I get home, I change, I eat dinner with my husband. And then from then until I go to bed, I'm scrapbooking. And I am actually kind of a weirdo in that I don't like to scrapbook. I have like a little office slash craft room, but I don't actually like to create in there because it's like the evening time and I don't want to just like, I want to spend time with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but he likes to, you know, watch sports and I'm, you know, sports are fine, but I'm not really that into it. So it works out really well for me to just bring out my little craft cart to the dining room table and he's watching sports and I'm just sitting there crafting and we can talk and we're like spending time together, but kind of doing our own things. Oh, I love that. I think it's really important to recognize how you feel in a space and sometimes in some seasons of life or some spaces that you're in you're gonna want to like tuck yourself away and others you want to be like with your people yeah exactly yeah that's a really good way to look at it that there's just there's different times and spaces for things and um and yeah, sometimes it's nice to have that space where you can escape to. I'm sure like, you know, once we have kids, <laughs> I'll be like escaping to my craft room more, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I will say I do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do you, does your motivation ebb and flow? Do you stay pretty consistently motivated? You know, I, in the summertime, I really take a big step back in terms of scrapbooking. So I'm kind of just now coming off of sort of a, a hiatus. I just like in the summertime, I like to read outside or, you know, I, I don't do that kind of routine that we talked about. So it's, you know, and it's not that I wasn't as motivated, but I do notice like right now is kind of a, an interesting reflection point where I'm kind of coming back to the hobby. There is a little bit of like rustiness or kind of like getting my creative juices back flowing. And so I've been kind of noticing that in myself that I really like to like look at inspiration from other people and see how they're using products that I have or one thing that I also have used consistently, even like sort of in the non-summer months that <laughs> when I when I am scrapbooking consistently, is I like to keep this like running list of sort of like what I sort of refer to as my non-camera roll stories. So like mm. a lot of times I'll look for stories in my camera roll, um, like look at recent photos and like, oh yeah, I, this reminds me of this particular event or whatever. But there are a lot of stories that I want to tell that aren't represented on my camera roll because I'm not necessarily thinking to take those are more like stories that I would need to be intentional about taking a photo or finding a photo or not using a photo at all Mm -hmm. like like things like (laughs) this is my list right now (laughs) my fitness journey things I'm cooking right now recent court cases that have come down like sort of different like hardships work relationships Things that, like, I'm not going to just find a photo up in my camera roll. And for me, having, like, going down that list or picking something from that list is really helpful in, like, getting my motivation back because I'm really excited to, like, tell those really important things about my life. Yes, yes. I like. I think it's 
we all draw in for inspiration from different places and like yeah. on any given day, it might be the product or a photo or a story that you've jotted down that doesn't have a photo. Um, yes. And I think just to allow whatever's inspiring you to then follow that and bring everything together on the page. It doesn't always have to be, there's no like particular order. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's so okay to draw inspiration from any of those places or even mm -hmm. from products, like things that sometimes just a random circle embellishment just speaks to me. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then you, you can kind of imagine, or you've seen what other people have done with circles. And then you want to all of a sudden like put circles all over the page and <laughs> I put yes. dribbling in your circles. So, you know, it's, it's what one thing can really spark everything else so yes that's one of the things i love about our hobby too 100 percent, yeah it's, it's just the best so kind of the flip side of that is there something in scrapbooking whether it's a supply a te technique a size or a format that you've decided is not for you at all <laughs> i absolutely love this question but i do i fear that as soon as i have like written something off like six months later i rediscover it and so <laughs> but one thing that I don't think I will ever come back to is chronological scrapbooking. Mm -hmm. I just, especially because working in the notebook size, you can't move stuff around as easily. I mean, you could, but you'd have to like cut it out of the book. But I, so I used to like leave space for stuff like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is a story from the middle of the year. And so I'm going to put it in the middle of my book. And it, just got so messy and was such an impediment to me because I like found myself, this is so dumb, but like stressing out about, oh my goodness, I like didn't leave enough space for that. And oh, I'm jumping around and I've just let all of that go. And if mm -hmm. I want to tell a story from last year, I'm going to put it in this book. I don't care. Then I'm going to scrapbook from, you know, it does not have to go in order because, and it never will go in order. I'm never coming back to that. <laughs> So are the are your bound books are they like labeled like volume 1 volume 2 like how is there any like how do you think about them as a collection Yeah I do label them by year so mm -hmm. I and I'm I create about two per year so there's about one every 6 months so I've got like 2021 number 1 2021 volume 2 So like my one that I'm working on right now is like 2022 volume two, but it's not going to have like my stories that are in that album aren't necessarily going to be from June to December of 2022. There's going to be stuff from the beginning of 2022, maybe from last year, maybe like a memory from a long time ago. For sure. Uh, so shifting gears here, yeah. let's talk about organization a little bit. Are you uh, kind of a tidy person or a uh, not so tidy person. <laughs> I am not so tidy of a person. <laughs> Organization is not my strong suit, but I really work hard on it because I do know the importance of it. And I know mm -hmm. that it's, it is important to like being efficient. <laughs> so, Or are there any like solutions that you figure out that really work for you and the way kind of your brain works in order to support you in things that maybe aren't as natural to stay organized? Yeah, that's a great question. I So I work, I use my little craft cart because I buzz it back and forth between my craft room and my dining room table. <laughs> and that does actually really help me stay organized because everything, well, not everything, but my like essentials all have to fit 
on that cart. And so I have just like some basic organization, you know, that has my pens and my like tools I use a lot, like hole punch and the tiny attacher and uh, bone folder and stuff. And so I do have that sort of organized in my craft cart. And, and for me, just kind of my key to staying organized is just keeping my stash small. And mm. I, I have no hesitation getting rid of stuff. There's a women's shelter here in town that will take all the craft supplies and I am a ready, <laughs> I'm a frequent donator. I will just, and I, I just think it's, even though sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't, I had such big plans for this particular embellishment and I feel so bad getting rid of it. I just try to let that go because you know what, it's going to make somebody else happy and keeping my stash really small just helps me, it helps me stay organized and it helps me keep it moving. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think many of us probably need to do more of that. And I, I love that you've really recognized how it supports your hobby by continuing to let things go. Now, I'm curious about the cart you're using. Is this like a Raskog or like the Michaels version of Raskog? Is it bigger? Is it, you know, the We Are Memory Keepers layered tray? What type of cart are we talking about? <laughs> it is the Michaels one that okay. was like all the rage a couple of years ago. <laughs> Tell me about Raskog. Is that was that sort of the original brand, and then Michaels was the like yeah. So Raskog is the like the IKEA name of the product, and so it's the smaller car. There's also Michaels makes the double long one, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's there's I think IKEA was the original, and then others started copying it because it was such a good design and very popular with crafters like us. So. Yeah, well, I like that there's a bigger one. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't go explore it, but <laughs> so. And Michaels actually has like lids, so you can turn it into like having a tabletop surface. Oh, that's so nice. So one of my carts is fully open, and then the other one, two of the shelves have lids on them, so that I can put like my mink and. Machines on. You keep your machines on there. I do. Oh. And then you can like lift up the lid so I keep like all the stuff for those machines, like the foil or the cutting things, whatever, underneath in the cart. So oh, wow. So the lids are pretty sturdy then, like sturdy enough they to are. hold that machine. Oh my goodness. Oh, that is amazing. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I need to check this out. I love that it has a lid and can be like little shelves. Wow. Definitely going to go shopping after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have two questions that I'd love to ask to kind of wrap up our conversation. Where would you like your scrapbooking to be in 10 years? Oh, this is such a fun question. Well, I definitely am going to need way more shelf space by then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I hope that in 10 years, I will have completely let go of like these stupid rules that we were talking about earlier that just like mm. continue to creep in, even though I really try to be intentional about keeping those away. You know, like even the other day, like I started a travel album, which I hadn't had one before. And just even the other day, I was like, is a weekend trip like long enough to put in my travel album? And I'm like, what are you doing? This is so stupid. Why are you even asking this question? <laughs> So I hope in 10 years, I'm not asking, you know, I, I hope I'm just doing what I want to do without imposing fake rules on myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I really hope that I continue to just like build relationships in the community. Because like, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, just this community is the 
the best. I mean, I'm biased, but I just think we all have each other's backs. And that's been my favorite part of growing and scrapbooking is like connecting with the community and Mm -hmm. just talking about this awesome hobby. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, I I think the more that we talk about it, the more um, others will feel attracted to joining us as well. And that's what's going to keep us keep this industry and this hobby thriving for years to come. So I could not agree more. Very cool. So what has being a scrapbooker taught you? I, you know, it has like taught me more than I think about, you know, more than I recognize. I think there's something really profound about seeing your life reflected back in books. There's like something that just makes, I think, us as as memory keepers more conscious of the passage of time. And it really makes me like think about my life in a, in a, I think in a more profound way than I would if I was just living it and not documenting it. And like thinking about what am I, what do I like about my life? What do I want to change about my life? And like, what's important, you know, like what, um, you know, my mom was diagnosed with cancer this year and she's been going through chemo and just working through those feelings. And I've Mm -hmm. shared some of my layouts about that, but I like working through not just like my feelings about that and like processing all of those emotions, but realizing that like those moments with her are so important and moments with my family are so important. And it just, it really like makes you realize like when you're looking at memories, you realize the importance of memories, I think. Mm, Beautifully said. Thank you, Emily. So can you share where we can find you online? Anything you're going to be working on through the end of the year? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is peacock.pigments and it's the same handle on YouTube. And I am really excited to be back working with the December Daily line this year. I'm going to be teaching a product play class this year. So I cannot wait for that. Um, And I just can't wait to be working back with December Daily, which is just my absolute favorite 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 project so yes. <laughs> that's what I'll be doing <laughs> so when we're recording this like the you know I'm sure if, if you're on the team you've seen the things already uh before yesterday but I'm super into figuring out what I'm going to purchase tomorrow and <laughs> yeah it's definitely on everyone's radar right now yeah it's it's just such a fun exciting time it's like okay summer's over time for December <laughs> So do you know what product you're going to be working with? I do. I don't know if I can say just yet. I, I mean, okay. I don't know. I haven't been told that there's any rules about that, but <laughs> okay. But I will, I will announce it as soon as I know that I can. <laughs> now, can you say whether or not you're teaching like a level one, two or three? I'm going to be teaching a level one. So I'm really excited. Okay. It's going to be pretty, it's going to be really simple. Um, I've got a couple, I haven't like finalized my, my sketch yet, but I've got a couple of ideas that are really, really fun, but should be just like pretty easy. So simple to nice. follow along. <laughs> okay. We'll definitely include the link to that classroom. Yeah. Emily, this has been so delightful. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Oh, Jennifer, this was just a dream. Thank you so much for having me. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. It's September, and we've kicked off a brand new creative journey at Simple Scrapper. For the next two months, our theme is projects, and we'll be tackling it from every angle here on the podcast and inside of the membership. If Emily's infectious enthusiasm for her hobby left you ready to recapture delight in your own, I'd like to invite you to join us. When you become a member, you'll get access to Simple Scrapbooking School, our signature course to help you find more joy and ease in memory keeping. 
It's just one of the many benefits of being a Simple Scrapper member. Visit simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and try it out.